0: You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. If you have your Bibles, look with me to First Samuel chapter 17. For all those joining us, Grace Online, grab your Bible as well. First Samuel 17, Old Testament, about, I don't know, seven, eight books in, you'll come to First Samuel. We were in chapter 15 last week. We're going to move forward a couple chapters to chapter 17. This morning we're continuing the Fearless series as we talk about this little four-letter word being fear that causes big trouble in our lives. How many of you would agree with me this morning that fear can rob us of joy and of peace? Are you with me this morning? It can rob us of joy and peace. It can feed worry and anxiety. If left unconfronted, it can paralyze us. I happen to believe this morning that fear is one of the weapons that Satan uses against us to limit us in our lives. Fear. If you go back to the Garden of Eden where we have the, the sin of Adam and, and the fall, what was Adam and Eve's response? Do you remember? They went and hid themselves in, in fear, isolating and withdrawing from God. It was a result of fear. So, so the enemy uses fear against us. And today we want to focus on a second type of fear being the fear of failure. This is what I know about everyone in the room today. I might not know all of you, but this is what I know about everyone in the room today. None of us want to fail. But here's what I know also, we all fail, right? None of us want to fail, but we all come to points in failure in our lives. And if we're not careful, the fear of failure can keep us living in some status quo existence and not experiencing the fullness of all that God has for us, um, And it's this fear of failure that can keep us from releasing the potential that that God's placed in our lives. I heard a story of a man who came to the States, uh, but couldn't speak English. So he had this challenge, couldn't speak English, and he had this fear of failure, of of using words wrong. So he went to an English teacher, so the teacher could teach him how to order a meal. So he could go to a restaurant and order a meal. And, And so the English teacher taught him four words. Here's the four words, hamburgers, french fries, and Coke. He went to the restaurant, ordered his first meal. He was so excited, hamburgers, french fries, Coke. Next day he went to the restaurant, he ordered hamburgers, french fries, and Coke. Next day he went to the restaurant, he ordered hamburgers, french fries, and Coke. After a while, he got tired of hamburgers, french fries, and Coke. So he went back to his English teacher, and he says, you know, I'm I'm tired of hamburgers french fries and coke can you teach me some more words so i can order something different and so his english teacher taught him these three new words eggs toast and juice and so he goes to the restaurant and waiter comes and he says uh the waiter says what do you want he says well i'll have i'll have eggs toast and, and juice and the waiter says how, w- how would you like your eggs and he had this blank look on his face that like he didn't know what to say because uh, you know, he, he didn't want to fail and he didn't have words to use. He just had this blank stare and, and the waiter went on and said, hey, what kind of toaster do you want? You want wheat? You want white? You want sourdough? And again, this blank look and, and then he asked another question. He said, do you want apple juice or orange juice? And at this, this man said, hamburgers, french fries, and coke. <laughs> you now a challenge for us is that many times we live a hamburgers, french fries, and coke life. And we live a hamburgers, french fries, and coke life because we're afraid of failing we're afraid of trying something new we're afraid of taking risk and it's that risk that that fear of risk that fear of failure that keeps us living a hamburgers french fries coke life some status quo existence and again the root of the problem is fear so so if we're not careful this this fear of risk um can can bring this um uh, it's like we're controlled by by failure in our lives, and we're afraid that if we if we make a mess up, then it's like it affects our value and how we view ourselves. And then there's the cost that comes with it. There's a, a great story, kind of set as a poem, it says there was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sung or he never sang or prayed. And when he one day passed away, his insurance was denied for since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. You know, it's impossible to truly live without taking risk. It's impossible for us to truly become all that God has called us and created us to be without, without at some point experiencing or encountering failure in our lives. I happen to believe that, that one of the major differences between those who achieve and those who don't is how they respond to failure. Have you ever asked yourself this question? What makes What makes some achieve more than others, even in the midst of failure? Why do some people skyrocket and others plummet? You know what I'm talking about. You can call it luck. You can call it blessing. You can call it the Midas touch. You can call it whatever you want. But, but the truth is, is some people achieve great things in spite of tremendous failure. I mean, we could talk about Thomas Edison and all of his failure. We could talk about Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest presidents to serve our nation, who, who failed miserably in his life. We could talk about Ty Cobb, who owes the greatest uh, record, or the highest batting average in Major League Baseball at 366. Now think about that for a minute. Greatest hitter all time, Major League Baseball, but 66% of the time when he stepped up to the plate, he struck out. Let me say it another way. 66% of the time he failed. Yet today he's known as the greatest hitter all times in Major League Baseball. See, the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception and response to failure. Nothing else has the same kind of impact on people's ability to achieve and to accomplish whenever to um, achieve and accomplish like this issue of having this fear of failure. So because this fear of failure is such a major issue, let's look a little deeper at it this morning. To fail means this, looking there to your notes, to fail, according to Webster, means to fall short, to be unsuccessful To disappoint expectations, to be inadequate or to become bankrupt. According to that definition, the failure rate of the human race is 100%. In other words, everyone qualifies for membership in the club of failures. Everyone in the room. Now, that does not mean, though, that we have to live with a fear of failure. It's, It's impossible... As a human being to eliminate failure from our lives. For me, the question this morning is not, are you going to fail? I think the real question is, is how are you going to respond to failure when it happens? The real question is, is what are you going to do when it happens in your life? What are you going to do when it happens in your marriage? What are you going to do when it happens in your in your relationships or in your company or in your school? What what, what does that look like? Though we're all diverse and we're all different this morning, there's, there's three things that we all have in common. Here they are. We all fail. We all fail often and we'll continue to fail until we die. Again, that, that is the reality. You're probably familiar with Murphy's Law and the Peter Principle. Recently, I, I came across something called rules for being human. I think this list describes well the state we're in as people. Here's rule number one. Rule number one is you will learn lessons. Rule number two, there's no failures. Only lessons. Rule number three, a lesson is repeated until it's learned. Rule number four, if you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. Rule number five, you'll know you learned a lesson when your actions change. So true. Since we all have to process failure, and because we don't want to live in the fear of failure, I want to look this morning at a story from the history of the nation of Israel. So we're going back in time to an old story that I think that has present application in our lives. The story is about a shepherd boy who goes out on the battlefield to face a giant by the name of Goliath. Possibly you're, you're familiar with the story. But this morning, instead of focusing on David, we actually want to focus on Saul's army. We want to look at that aspect of the story and how they allowed fear of failure to rob them of the potential, of the blessing, of the opportunity that God had for them. So looking there in 1 Samuel 17, I want to set the story for you, then we'll read a portion of the story. Basically, we have the Philistines... On one hill, we have the Israelites on another hill. So just kind of get a picture of that. Here's two armies, one on hill, one one on another hill. There's the Valley of Eli in between. And they've drawn up their armies. They're going to have this conflict, this battle. and, you know, it's like the winner takes all. And, and in the midst of this, there's this giant by the name of Goliath. He's like nine foot six inches tall. He's a lean, mean fighting machine trained for battle. And rather than engaging in this all out conflict, he issues a challenge. It's like a one on one conflict, winner take all. Um, and as a result, as as a result of that, we see. Fear, the fear of failure, playing out in this story. So, with that, let's, let's look to cha- uh, chapter 17, verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shackles. On his legs, he wore bronze graves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shackles. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us." Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Notice verse 11. On hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. If you have your own Bible, not the church's Bible, but your Bible, underline those two words, dismayed and terrified. So here's Saul's army men who were trying to do battle, men who were on the field to do battle. Their emotional state is this, they were dismayed and terrified, the fear of failure as a result of the giant. Now, this wasn't a one-time challenge, this wasn't a one-time charge. If you read on in this story, this actually happened for 40 days. In the morning, in the evening, Goliath would come out and he would issue this challenge. Well, one day when he was issuing the challenge, David happened to show up on the battlefield. David had three older brothers who were a part of Saul's army. And so he's bringing like lunch. He's bringing food, provision for his brothers. He's supposed to get a report of what's happening on the battlefield and take that back to his dad. And he hears then this challenge from Goliath. Let's pick up the story in verse 23. It says, as he was talking with them, being David, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Notice that last line. They all fled from him in great fear. So again, we see the uh, dominant emotion as Goliath is issuing the challenge is fear. It's the fear of failure. Now, to make a long story short, um, David, the shepherd boy, goes out on the battlefield with a slingshot, takes out Goliath wins a great victory for the nation of Israel. And that happened because he was more confident of God than he was afraid of failure. So we see the opposite happening in David's life as to compared to Saul's army. So from this story this morning, again, we want to focus in on Saul's army and we want to focus in on their response because what we see playing out is this fear of failure. What happened As a result of the fear of failure. Because I think the same thing that happened to Saul's army is what happens in our lives. When failure, this fear of failure, controls us, it rules over us. What happens? The first thing is this. Fear of failure can cause you to run from the opportunity rather than run toward the opportunity. Now, Goliath was certainly a place of opposition, but he was also a place of opportunity. As he issued his challenge day after day, Saul's army would retreat in fear. Their their fear of defeat and their fear of the opportunity caused them to act in a way that limited God and that limited God's work in and through their lives. But they were running from the opportunity rather than running to the opportunity. And if you think about it, fear of failure in our lives will have the same effect. When you fear failure, you're running from the opportunity that God would have for you. Why? Because you're afraid to take the risk. You're afraid that you might fail. So let's say God puts uh, a great business idea into your mind. He gives you all, the, all these ideas as to what you could create, what you could produce. And because you're afraid you might fail, because we're, we're not open to taking risk, oftentimes what do we do? We run from the opportunity rather than run to the opportunity. Or maybe it's a friend at school or maybe it's a friend in your workplace or a friend in the neighborhood who you know that they're far from God. And it's like there's this opportunity for you to step up and share the gospel with them. But you're afraid that you might fail. You're afraid that you might be rejected. And it's that fear that can have you running from the opportunity rather than running to the opportunity. What happens? You end up limiting your lives because of, of the fear of failure. Here's a second danger of the fear of failure. Fear of failure can keep you from a right perspective. In other words, it's like, I don't know if you've noticed this morning, but I have new glasses and and all of you look like really blurry. Like I haven't got this glass thing. It's supposed to be... uh, progressive, like I'm supposed to be progressing and I feel like I'm regressing right now because I really can't see any of you. I know you're out there. Uh, it's interesting trying to get adjusted to, but today I'm dealing with a, a, a sight problem and like I'm not seeing clearly. And I think that the danger of fear of failure is it. it, it like messes up our perspective it messes up how we how we see things how we see potentially the obstacle that's before us i mean if you look to the story because fear ruled saul's army they they saw goliath as this undefeatable foe every time he would come and issue the challenge they would run because their perspective was man if we try to if we try to go out and fight him we're going to fail therefore they would retreat in their mind their perspective was this when they saw Goliath when they heard Goliath they thought wow he is so big we could never take him David the little shepherd boy shows up on the battlefield and as you know he goes out and kills Goliath but when he showed up he simply had a different perspective because there was not the fear of failure I mean, Saul's army saying, hey, this guy's so big, we could never take him. David shows up and says, hey, he's so big, I can't I can't miss him. Right. it was simply a, a different perspective. David had a perspective that was energized by courage because of his confidence of God. Saul's army had a perspective that had them retreating. If you're not careful, fear of failure, it can keep you from a right perspective. Fear of failure can also keep you from following God's direction. See, as I read this story in 1 Samuel 17, I'm confident that God wanted to give the Israelites victory over the Philistines. But the problem was no one would step up and follow God's direction until David showed up. The fear had paralyzed Saul's army and it robbed them of the faith to believe. See, fear of failure can have the same detrimental effect in our lives. God speaks or God gives us a a point of direction. We have clarity of direction, yet we're not willing to follow God's direction. Why? Because we want to stay in our comfort zone. We want to hang out in a safe place. We're not not interested in taking the risk because there's this fear of failure. Therefore, we don't follow God's direction. Fear of failure can actually lead you to a place of, of direct disobedience against God. God speaks You don't respond. You're retreating. Why? Because you're afraid that you might fail. That's what happened to Saul's army. Here's the final challenge of of the fear of failure is is this. It can rob you of destiny. I believe that any one of Saul's men and any one of the men in his army could have been a giant slayer. I believe one of David's brothers. David had three brothers, as I mentioned, who were part of Saul's army. I believe one of them could have been a giant slayer. But they were not willing to step up to face Goliath. See, this is, this is what God needed. God just needed someone to work through. It ended up being a shepherd boy in a slingshot. Imagine that. But God just needed someone who was available. But because Saul's army would not step up, what? They were robbed of their destiny. They could have gone down in history as a slayer of a giant. They could have gone down in history as the one who brought great victory for the nation of Israel. But not one of the men had that Experience. Why? Because they were retreating in fear. And fear, the fear of failure, robbed them of their destiny. Again, if we're not careful, folks, the same thing can happen in our lives. Because we're afraid we might fail, we're not willing to step out in faith. And because we're not willing to step out in faith, oftentimes what happens, we get robbed of our destiny. Because see, this is what I believe this morning. God God has great things for you. He has a great future for you. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Listen, God's plans for you are good. He has great destiny for you. But if you're not careful, the fear of failure has you running from it. It'll rob you, rob you of your destiny. So how do we how do we confront? How do we overcome? Because as I said earlier, we all fail. And to some degree, I think we all have a tendency to have a fear of failure. It's, 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 a, it's a real emotion that we deal with or not. So how can we confront that? How can we, how can we overcome this, this fear of failure? Let me leave you with just a couple thoughts as to how we can effectively Confront fear of failure and move beyond. And the first thing is this. you got to be confident in God's ability. Be confident in God's work in and through your life. He, David the shepherd boy became a giant slayer because he was confident in God's ability. His faith in God was greater than his fear of failure. That's why David said, I'll go fight Goliath his confidence in God's way, David didn't show up and say, oh, you know, look at me. I'm I'm the shepherd boy with this big slingshot. I'll go out and face God. No, he showed up proclaiming the greatness of God. That was his confidence. And it it was that confidence that took him the front lines on the battlefield. And it was that confidence that enabled him to take out the giant. It was his confidence in God that was greater than his fear of failure. See, that's the main difference between Saul's army and David. Saul's army forgot the greatness of God. David showed up and said, Hey, God, God's going to do it. All I got to do is go out on the battlefield. I, I want you to look, if you still have your Bibles open, look to verse 45 and 46. Here's David on the battlefield and he's He's actually like face to face with Goliath, face to face with the giant. I mean, get a picture of this. Here's this shepherd boy, and just across from him is this nine foot six inch giant of a man, all dressed in his armor. Here's David, with his slingshot, and I want you to know what I want you to listen to what David said to the giant. And as I read this, what I want you to catch is David's God confidence. Listen, as I read this, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head this very day. I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Wow, did you catch David's confidence in God? it It was his confidence in God's ability, again, that moved him beyond any potential fear of failure. So when you're in a situation where you're confronted with the fear of failure, you need to remind yourself of what God's Word says about God's power available for your life. You need to go back to what's written. So when fear of failure is staring you in the face, you need to go to Scripture like Luke one thirty-seven that says everything is possible with God. You need to go to Philippians 4.13 that says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need to go to 1 John 4.4 4 that says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You need to go to Jeremiah 33.3 3 that says, Call upon me and I'll show you great and unsearchable things that you've not even seen or heard of before. Listen, God is for you. God is with you. God's working in your life for your good. So when there's this fear of failure, what do you need to do? You need to confront it with the truth of God's word. You need to be confident in God's ability in your life. Listen, this is what I know. When, when you stand up, God's going to show up. That's what happened for David. When he stood up on the battlefield, God showed up. And brought great victory. Same thing will happen in your life. Here's the second thing we can do to confront this fear of failure. Know that God redeems, restores, and uses our mess-ups to refine us. If you were to fail, let's say you try something and fail. Listen, we all do. You have to know that, that failure does not have to define your life. Your place of stumbling can actually be a stepping stone because God redeems and restores their failure. Listen, there's always there's always opportunity to move forward with greater wisdom and greater understanding. I mean, if you look to the Bible, many of the individuals that we identify as Bible heroes were individuals who like had great failure in their lives. But when they failed, it's not like God kicked them to the sideline and said, you know, you're a mess up, it's all over, no chances for you. No, what God redeemed and He restored and He used them in like dynamic ways. I mean, I think of, of Abraham. You know, there was a time where, where Abraham went down into the Negev, down in, toward Egypt to escape a famine. And he, he came across a king by the name of King Abimelech. And there was some fear. There was fear of failure, fear of being rejected, fear of what might happen. And Abraham lied about his wife. He says, Sarah, oh, Sarah's not my wife. She's really my sister. And if you read the story, like King Abimelech took Sarah in, like to be a part of like um, his group of women, his wives, and God revealed to Abimelech in a vision no, that's not his sister; it's really his wife. And Abimelech began backpedaling. And if you read the story, he ends up giving Abraham like a thousand shekels of silver and all kinds of cattle and livestock. I mean, out of this blunder, out of this failure, God redeemed and restored. But that's Abraham. We could talk about Moses. You know, before Moses was a great deliverer, he was actually a murderer. Let me read the story. He was an Israelite who grew up in Pharaoh's court. One day he saw one of his own being abused and he went out and murdered this Egyptian and then he ran to the desert. Spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. And out of his failure, God brought refinement and Moses became the deliverer of his people. A great leader. But it, what had happened out of his failure. We could talk about Peter. I mean, You all know the story of Peter who fell Jesus uh, or denied Christ three times. Great point of failure. Yet Peter became the leader of the early church reading the book of acts god used his failure to refine him listen if we if we come to understand that god takes our mistakes our mess ups our failures and he uses them to build and refine in our lives listen if we truly understand that then we don't have to fear failure if we fail then we know what god is going to Work in our lives for our good. You know, one of the confidences I have in my own life is this. That if my heart is seeking after God, that even if I fail and when I fail, God uses my failure for my good. In other words, he he builds me through it. Now, catch the first part. I did qualify. As my heart is seeking after God, as I fail, when I fail, my confidence is God takes that and and he turns that in my life for my good. Because I have that understanding, then what I don't I don't have to fear failure. Will I fail? Yes, I'll fail. I'm human just like you are. But out of that, what God redeems and restores, and He brings about His good work in our lives. Here's a third way that we can overcome the fear of failure is to develop a healthy perspective of failure. See how how you view failure is going to determine how you respond to failure. So your failures can lift you or they can sink you. All depends on how you view them, how you see them, how you respond to them. I, I love the story of Thomas Edison. Maybe you've heard the story. failed 6,000 times um, in his attempts to make an electric light bulb. Uh, that would effectively work and one day he was questioned by a young journalist he was asked you know why don't you keep trying with all of these failures that you've had he says don't you know that that gas lights are here with us to stay and Edison replied I've not failed I've just found 6,000 ways that it won't work man that's a right perspective I didn't fail 6,000 ways. In other words, I've grown, I've learned, I've benefited in and through the process. So we want to have a, a right perspective, a healthy perspective. I'm going to quickly give you five right perspectives. and I don't have time to develop these this morning, but, but I want to just quickly give them to you. Five right perspectives about failure. The first is this, not avoid, uh, failure is not avoidable. In other words, we're, we're, it's all going to happen. We're all going to fail. Just to have that right perspective, it's going to happen in my life. So I'm not going to get blindsided. I'm going to get knocked out of the game when it happens. It, it happens. Here's a second perspective right perspective failure's not your enemy. People who see failure as the enemy are captive to those who conquer it. The third right perspective is, is is failure is not fatal. There's always opportunity for a recovery and a restart because God never gives up on us. Here's a fourth right perspective. Failure is an opportunity to grow. It's a place where you can learn your greatest lessons in life. And a, and a fifth right perspective about failure is, is failure is an opportunity to start again with greater understanding. I think of the story of Abraham Lincoln I think most of us in the room today would say he may be one of the greatest presidents our nation's ever known. But if you read about Abraham Lincoln's life, he actually had more failures than he had successes. Interesting. He failed twice at, at business, business startups. He failed in his first run for public office state of legislature. He, he failed twice in his bid for the Senate. He failed his nomination for vice president. And then he was finally elected as the president of the United States of America. But he had more failures than successes. But his failures didn't limit or restrict his life. Remember, here's a statement that Abraham Lincoln made. He says, my great concern is not whether you fail, but whether you're content with your failure. And whether you fail, but whether you're content with your failure. What a, what a great perspective statement. So always maintain a, a healthy perspective of failure. May it be your friend, not your, your foe. What is that right perspective? And lastly, here's, here's the fourth way that I think we can confront the fear of failure is learn from the bad experience and make it a good experience. Learn from the bad experience and make it a good experience. I heard someone say recently, when you fall down, make sure you pick something up before you get back up. When you fall down, pick some. What were they saying? When you fail, make sure you learn from it. Make sure that it, it's something that adds value to your life. Again, I believe some of the greatest lessons, my greatest lessons, I, let me say this personally for myself, my greatest lessons in life have not been found or discovered in my successes. My greatest lessons in life have been discovered and found in my failures. It's there that the greatest change has happened as God has worked in and through those times to bring refinement in my own life. So if we, if we learn from the bad experiences and we make it a good experience, we really don't have to fear failure. We don't have to be running from failure. We don't have to see it again as our enemy. We, we can actually see it as, as a place of opportunity. Dr. John Maxwell says this. He says, your attitude toward failure determines your altitude after failure. And may we have the right attitude that brings about that positive growth experience. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to allow the fear of failure to paralyze us. We don't want to allow the fear of failure to keep us living some status quo existence. We, We don't want to allow the fear of failure... To have the same effect in our lives that it had in Saul's army. They were retreating from the opportunity. God wanted to do something great on the battlefield. And they were not willing to face their fear. Therefore, they missed the opportunity. So rather than being fearful of failure. Rather than being ruled by fear. We really want to be those who are people of faith. Here's my challenge to you this morning. Really simple. Run to your Goliath, not from your Goliath. Whatever that might look like in your life. Obviously, when I say run to Goliath, I'm not talking about a nine foot six inch physical being. But what is what is your Goliath today? What is that area where you have been fearful of failure and that fear has kept you from faith? That fear has kept you from following God's direction that fear has robbed you of, of that place of destiny. Run to your Goliath, not from it. Uh, this is what I know. When you stand up, listen, when you stand up, God's going to show up. And He's going to do dynamic things to your life, just as He did for David. Read this story, a shepherd boy in a slingshot, come on. God, couldn't you give him a bazooka or something like that? A slingshot and a shepherd boy. And it was through that that God revealed His greatness. Why? Because David ran to Goliath, not from him. Would you pray with me, Lord? I I thank You this morning for the counsel of Your Word. I thank You, Holy Spirit, for Your work in bringing the Word alive in our lives. God, I thank you this morning that we don't have to live in fear of failure. God, when we can live confidently, knowing, God, that you're working for our good, even in the midst of our mess ups, our mistakes and our failures. God, that you redeem and you restore. God, you're so awesome in your grace. You take our greatest mistakes and you use those to refine us and grow us. As our hearts are set on You. God, for that we're grateful. Lord, my prayer this morning is that every one of us in the room today, from the youngest to the oldest, Lord, may we be like David. God, may we have the courage and the confidence in Your ability to run to our Goliath, not from it. And God, what I'm confident of is as You showed up on the battlefield that day, there in the valley of Eli, God, so you're going to show up in our workplace, so you're going to show up in our school, so you're going to show up in our neighborhood, in our community, in our business. As we're willing to move beyond the fear of failure. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today. And there's an area in your life that you know God has been directly speaking to you about and there's this fear of failure that's had you in the retreat mode. There's this fear of failure that's had you paralyzed. And you know today that God's saying to you it's time to run toward Goliath. It's time to take a step of faith rather than retreating in fear. Maybe it's fear of failure in a relationship. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's a it's an area of ministry that you know God's calling you to, but there's this fear of failure that's kept you from being obedient to what God, you know God's put before you. If that's you this morning, before we leave, I want to pray specifically with you and for you this morning that this would be a defining moment in your life, that this would be a defining day in your life where, would you, where you would be able to say, "I'm man, I'm running to my Goliath, and I'm going to take him out. Is there anyone who just would lift your hand and say, there's a fear of failure that's just been, man, it's been ruling in my life. Anyone else? In the balcony, I see those hands. Lord, I pray this morning. For my friends, Lord, hands lifted who would just say, yeah, I'm right there today. God, I, I thank you, Lord, this morning for energizing their faith. God, I thank you for building confidence. I thank you, Lord, how you're going to reveal your greatness as they run toward their Goliath. Whatever it is, God, I thank you for how you're going to reveal yourself in the midst of their situation. Lord, I thank you for destiny that's going to be released. Because of your work in and through their lives as they face, as they confront that fear of failure and as they move beyond it. Lord, we celebrate that of your work this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.